You're listening to Finding Neurodivergence, a podcast that brings awareness, resources, and community to neurodivergence everywhere. Okay, Okay. we're here. We're alive. We're breathing. We're breathing. Um, how functional and what we are is another story because I think we're both at the brink of yeah, losing it. Like I, completely. Yeah, I think we are. You know what? I want to, uh, first of all, welcome back to Finding Neurodivergence. <laughs> we are happy to have you. Um, but uh, I, I want to talk about where we are both of us in this process right now and how hard it is because it's about schools it's about finding the right schools it's about fighting the system to get into the right schools it's about the process we have to do to get them the resources and the schools and I think people don't understand and what I I don't think my husband understands all the time is that it's not just the tedious part about filling out forms and if any of you've done an IEP an individual educational plan or if you've had to get your child evaluated by a psychologist that's new the the amount of forms you have to fill out is pretty overwhelming yeah I I wasn't even I'm not over even I'm not even overwhelmed by my kids behaviors at this present moment like it's not even me neither It's not even them. Like, they're doing great. Yeah, we're still having meltdowns. Yeah, we're still, like, whatever. Yeah. Like, but that's fine. It's how much paperwork and bureaucracy and... Yes. Jackson's having his triannual, and so I filled out five or six of those stupid, sometimes, always, never, often forms. Right. You know, where it's, like... 30 questions a piece. And it's like, there's five of them. There's one for the PT. And then there's one for the OT. And then there's like four for the psychologist. And then there's one for this, the school. And then there's one for the speech. And then it's like, and then they asked me to help them because of his selective mutism, do some of the actual testing itself. And it was just like, holy moly. And then intake forms for new therapists. And then looking at new schools for therapy. Yeah. And then the new schools, is even though you're not even committed, you're still filling out paperwork and telling them about your child and you're still doing I know and I think so just so a triannual is every three years if your child is in is in an IEP cycle they do one major IEP where they do like a really deep dive evaluation so legally speaking yeah. every three years they're required by law to do a whole gamut of assessments of whatever they're already getting like if they're getting right. OT then they did the OT assessment they're right. not getting OT then there's no concern they won't do it but with Jackson Concerns across the board. So right. they basically do all the assessments to determine eligibility again. Because essentially the, the, the goal... If Which is a good goal. Kids, I mean, you it, know, for these kids is to like, oh, you worked on your, you know, your hand dexterity and your gross motor right, skills. You're now up to growth. the point. Yeah, let's and now see. you're good and now you yeah. don't need this anymore, you know? Or, you know, so, it, so in, in the big picture, it makes sense and it's a great thing to do. But as a mom... But as a mom or as the caretaker that's doing all the forms, it's overwhelming. And But I think the bigger part, and I know you know the, this um, and you feel this way, is the emotional tasking, emotional, uh, yes, what's the word I'm looking for? The emotional um, amount of emotion that it, it 
it pulls from us it's because emotionally exhausting it's like it, emotionally exhausting because then you, you remember do, yes you're like oh they're doing so well and then you fill out a form and it just reminds you of all of their challenges and yes. really where they are in the cycle against other kids and then it reminds you of maybe you're not doing enough and then it reminds you of are they in the right place and then you get sad for them and then you have a whole sadness about what their life is going to be and how hard it's going to be yes. so it's literally like walking through uh uh, walking through um not memory lane but it's just like recreating all of the trauma and drama of their diagnosis all over again and it's really really emotional each one puts each a one. little chink in your emotional it armor does. and so then all of a sudden the end of the week it's like an author you do all of them it's like yeah you, you just want to cry yeah you just want to cry you just want to cry i kind of think of it as like you know, like, like you're like, this sounds like a weirdly weird way to say it, but like we had to put a dog down, right? Yeah. So there's certain things that happen that remind me of him, right? So right. it's like all of those things all at once. So it's not even like if there's just one, I think I can handle it. But it's like, there's so many things thrown at you and each one puts like, it's like a punch in the face or a shot in the arm, you know, like, so it just, you're done and you're exhausted because you're just you're being exhausted. triggered over and over and over again and everyday living everyone keeps telling me jackson's doing great for jackson you just got to think about jackson as jackson and like nothing else but then you get this psychological report that's like 29 pages long black and white of extremely delayed extremely high risk clinically at risk like just where he is compared to every other right. second grader when normally right. i'm just seeing the day-to-day -day progress and it's like actually in a good spot for seeing like oh we're doing right. good. Yeah. But then you get reminded that we're only doing good because we're comparing Jackson to, to Jackson. Jackson. And then you're like, it's like ripping off the bandaid and realizing like, oh, wait, you still have a gunshot wound. Like, you know, no, <laughs> you I know. still are bleeding profusely. I know. And you're still like bleeding out. Essentially, that was really dramatic. <laughs> like, no, but, but it, but it, it's, but it's like that. And I think the, I think the issue is, is that we you know, and I go back and forth, but I still f will fall on the sword for this philosophy is the expectation sometimes that the outside world puts on these kids is very low. And I were and I don't want to put that low bar on them. Like for Marlo, if I had done that with her and if I'd really listened to the quote unquote experts or where they think she could achieve or where she could be, then I wouldn't have had, um, I just wouldn't have pushed her as much. You wouldn't but have had the success. I wouldn't have, and we wouldn't have had the success of where we are today. So it's a balance too of like, this is a reality check, but that's their reality check. And actually I want more for Jackson. And actually I believe that he can do more and he is capable of doing more. Well, it's such a weird balance too, because then I feel like in general, you look at the grand thing, grand like scheme. picture, scheme yeah. of things. Yeah. Yeah. And I also feel like the expectation on all kids is too high sometimes. Oh. We're expecting these kids yeah. to like do all this stuff. So it's of like course. you have to find this balance of like your special needs kids and pushing them. Right. To be the best that they can be. Because right. the school sometimes will just like give up on them. 
or had the like low expectation of like, they will. what is, you have to be careful about that, yeah, you know? So it's like, so you get to be pushing, but at the same time, you have to like realize that the expectation that the school has for a neurotypical kid is too high as well. Yes. So it's like, it's just, it's all fucked up. <laughs> it is. It is. It's really, 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 really hard. And I think um, the only suggestion, because I know we, we talk a lot about our issues. So, and I was thinking about maybe trying to think through some things to help other parents get through this is what I have done, because I have three and they're all very different in all different stages actually, is what I've done with my oldest is I've really pulled myself in and just been very focused on who he is as an individual, what I want him to achieve, what he wants to achieve and really, I have to really just, um, what's the word? I have to drown everything else out. I really, really do. Because he's in a neurotypical school. and With, a, with ADHD. Yes. And he, it's, you know, it, it's very um, stealth because he's extremely intelligent. But I have to just maneuver him in a way that, and not listen to everyone else. And not, you know what I mean? And just just say like, what is going to be best for this child? How am I going to get him there? Is he happy? Is he going to be successful within the guardrails of what society is going to be putting on him? Because he's in a very challenging academic school, which is good for him yeah. because he needs the boundaries and the rigor. But I also know that um, the the expectations of society now in a neurotypical school is that everyone gets straight A's. You know what I mean? Well, it's and not it's, even like, it's, you and can't even get a 4.0. Like, you need to no. get a 4.9 so in order to you go to these even, good schools. But that's bullshit. And I really would love to dig into that. I'd really love to talk to, like, some college admissions people about school admissions. Because I've talked to so many of my friends who have kids that are looking at schools or applying to schools. And that's changing, I hope, right? Because I was talking to one of my friends and her husband... Um, deals in private equity and he said some of the private equity firms have said to him recently we don't want to take kids from Ivy Leagues anymore because they're like robots so they're all cut from the same cloth they all have the same experience they all have been just kind of beaten down and trained to just be well they've all been in molded the box. and formed to get a 4.9 right. have the resume that looks like they're right. a well-rounded kid and they're doing the soccer and they're doing right. the human, you know right. for humanity like they all yeah. ha look the same with the purpose of getting into this Ivy League school but in order having kids though knowing and having a you know one that is more more typical than our others is that that's all engineered by a parent a child that is 15 cannot engineer that profile. Like someone has to be behind them engineering that. You know yeah, what I'm saying? What pressure. And it's too much pressure for them. And it doesn't, I, you know, so for me, I just think that I have to just drown everything out and just say what is going to be the right thing for my son and his happiness and his personal growth mm -hmm. and being a good person in this world and not being a narcissist because... I don't know. I think a lot of that's got to drive narcissistic behavior because all of all of the energy and is put on this one kid for their achievement, 
and um, they're not allowed to fail. And I just don't think that's normal. So no, it's, well, it's not going to be healthy in. It's not, the long but run. I but I have to really, really get myself out of the lane. Well, because the the, the because minute you start talking to other people, all I, of a sudden, like I I remember I talking talk to other to, parents yeah. sometimes, and I'm like, yeah. maybe the kids should have been doing this and this and this, and maybe yeah. And I'm like, of wait course. a minute, time out, like, of course, you have to almost figure out what your values are. Yep, figure out what's best for your kid because it's different for each kid. That's right. right. That's and right. And then almost go like, okay, this is what we're gonna focus on, and right? So that they can be. I don't say who we want them to be because that sounds like very moldy. But like you know what I'm saying, like this, so that they're the the the, the compassionate whatever person that. Well, they're a good person. I mean, they're someone that's going to be contributing to society and being a good person. You know, so it's tough, but you just have to drown it out. And I think you have to do it in the neurotypical world, and for sure you have to do it in the neurodivergent world. Well, it's so interesting how like in the neurotypical world you got to bring it down a scope, but for right. like the the neurodivergent world. Like yeah, you almost have to be like make sure yes that it's they're reaching their potential because it's so easy for the school to just have them not be, be behavior kids. That's right. Like that's in the end. That's where I think sometimes they go. They don't necessarily want the kids to reach their potential. It's more like as long as we don't have behaviors and problems, then we're fine. That's right. So yeah, it is. It is a little bit inverse. And the school we looked at for Marlo because. Marlo has to go look at schools for us to say that those schools are not the right fit in order for her to stay in her current school. So basically you're playing the game saying, hey, right, we're open. Yeah. So that you can have a, a case to say, this is want, the right school. We want to stay here. But the woman, the school we went to, the woman was really amazing. And she said that she goes, we take all of the kids with behavioral problems um, because she was saying, like, the school that the girls are in right now, they don't take any behavioral problems, and that's why Marlo's there, is she's like, we take all the kids with, all the kids with behavioral problems, because she's like, you know what? Underneath all the behavioral problems is trauma, emotional distress, learning disabilities, ADHD, undiagnosed autism, and once we get underneath it, and we actually meet the needs there, and we create a safe environment for these kids guess what? There's no behavioral problems. And I swear to God, we walked through that school. It was peaceful. It was silent, not in a negative way. And the kids were calm. It was the calmest school I've ever seen. It was amazing. And I'm like, why isn't every school set up like this? This is crazy to me. Because all of those kids... They just go off the rails because they're not achieving. They're not molding to a standard. They're not, their needs aren't being met where they yeah. really need to be met. So I don't know. I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was amazing. I really, really did. I really did. And what's sad is, is that's a non-public school that's funded by the public schools because they send their kids there. And she was like, the roof needed to be repaired. Yeah. And she had to beg Pasadena Unified School District to fix the roof. So it wouldn't be leaking on these kids. So it wouldn't be leaking on these kids. And she looked at me and she said, where are we putting all of our money? Yeah. Not in schools. Not in schools like this, for sure. No, because they're not going to help the test scores. When the test scores aren't going to help the property values and the property values aren't going to help the property taxes and then the city's not going to get the money. Like it becomes, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it is the cycle of put the money where we're going to get the yeah no i get it, it sucks 
like it sucks because it's not it shouldn't be like that it shouldn't be not for education not for education not for education like it every kid should be able to have a roof that doesn't leak in a school that's safe yep you know yeah. i was talking to a one of my friends who teaches middle school math at a another district not close to us or whatever and there has been like kids who have been shot by the gang members there has been altercations. I can't talk today. Sorry. Altercations? My, yes. <laughs> Feel free to do this. I'm a podcaster. Look, guys, I can talk. Altercations on campus with knives and guns. There has been parents who have come on campus and threatened other students. There has been alter, that word again. altercations. <laughs> I can't say it today. Like in front of the school, like calling, like CPS need to be called kind of stuff and the school has done like nothing about it like they refuse to have a one-point entry system they refuse to have a check-in system for the parents they refuse to hire like a security guard even though there's all these gang turf wars happening in their neighborhood blocks from their school and their kids are being shot like the school is just like turning away and like not wanting to do anything about the safety of their kids in the school there. Like, the the teachers had to band together and write a whole note to the superintendent saying, we need one point of entry. And I'm sitting here going, we're in like, live in a world of school shootings every six months. Like, why hasn't this been addressed for the last six years? Like, but it's a money issue. The, the school doesn't think that they, they, they don't, they're not putting the money where they need to, which is the safety of that or campus. yeah in that campus yeah so I think too the other thing again focusing on solutions is we need to elect people local government as well as federal government as well as state government that are committed to investing in schools I really and and really committed to putting the money into the schools because we're at a loss right now it's it's not good you know what I mean? And I really, really, really think that there just needs to be, they need to shine a light on that. They really, really do. Um, because that's just, safety is just baseline for these kids. Yeah, baseline. It's baseline. Because they might not be safe at home. They might not be safe in their neighborhood and they should be able to go to school and be safe. Yeah. They should have their needs met. They should have their needs met. I know. It's just so crazy. And then you think of, you and I who have more economic means and yep. it's like we're still having to go through for seeing you, I mean you're, you and Marla were seeing like four or five schools just to play the game yep of it all which is also just wasting people's money and wasting people's time and wasting people's everything so it's like it is it's so silly it's so cr oh, just it's gonna, really crazy it's really crazy so I don't know what the solution is, I feel like we should try to find it out together. I feel like going through this process, we've got to come up with some concrete solutions because it's unsustainable. It is really unsustainable. And yeah. the more, and, and on both ends of the spectrum, I think it's unsustainable at, at the level where we are with, we have kids with special needs and the way the system is set up for them. But then it's also unsustainable for even the neurotypical kids and 
the way that they're learning and the pressures that's put on them and then the college admissions process and then you know the you know the drive to getting these kids these test scores um there's no thought in any of that and i think both of you have seen it in very few instances about the whole child you know what i mean yeah it's just about achievement non-achievement behavior good behavior bad behavior and yeah they're they're just creating a system that's just not meeting the kids where they need to be yeah you know well and that's why when you find that school like dr cognetis school you know that's yeah. really like doesn't care about what the school right. district's going to say about this is like out of line you have way too many right you know, aids it's like well that's what my kids need like yeah that's whatever beautiful. you know i know like and then you find there's like this person who's directing who's like understanding of the you know that's just drama yeah. in the end like when you find these schools it's like we have to shout it from the rooftop that they're doing well and yep have other parents find them so that their kids can be doing going there well yep there's just so much to it and then I get overwhelmed because I'm already overwhelmed about, you know, the 15,000 paperwork that I have to do. So then I just, in the end, go, okay, if I just raise three individuals right. Right. that are going to be good citizens. That's right. And they're going to be compassionate yeah. and make a difference in this world by this being yeah. them. Then that's the ripple effect. And then that is the a ripple effect. Change, you know, that like is the ripple effect is that you pulled three kids out of trauma. You changed the trajectory of their life which is major and you're putting them on a trajectory to then be able to give back or make it better for kids like them and create a, yeah. a better world for them. So that's, you know what, that's, that's a lot. That's and a you're, lot. but, and you are doing a lot too, cause you're raising three kids yep. with neurodiversity yep. that are also going to be compassionate and amazing individuals who are make a difference and their own ripples will cause greatness as well. You know, so it's like if everyone just had this mindset of that's right, creating these good individuals, then some change will happen. However, that change is going to take like 500,000 years. So we also need to change the following. Well, we need like to change that. it faster than that. I want to check. Say it again. Um, she, I can stop by there. I can stop by and bring money. 
Um, I wouldn't let her take her phone because she's not been... Arlo? No, JoJo. I wouldn't let her take her phone to school because she's been... Abusing it? <sighs> yeah, and she's... I don't know, man. She's just giving me a run for my money. Oh, and this is recording, and it's going to send it to her. That's great. Um, Did it send it to her? Delete it. Delete it. I'm deleting it. No, so it's not. So, stop, stop, stop. No, take it off. Take it off. Why is this voice texting? Okay, my phone is obsessed. Um, we'll send this one real fast. Yes, yeah, so. she, she is... Um, Yes, yeah, she, she, so no, I wouldn't let her bring her phone because she, JoJo, is really giving me a run for her money at school right now because she took forever to finish a science project that, this is what, let me, this is a, it's hold a, on. Hold, on, hold on a second. Let's go back one second. Okay. So we just got to keep focusing on what we need to do for our kids. That's and right. hopefully as this podcast blows up and gets bigger and greater, we can create change on the law level so that it can happen a little bit faster. Yeah. Because that's the only way it's going to... That's the only way it can happen. And I think we can do it. We can do it. I think we can do it. It just needs to... And, it, you know, it might take, you know, five or ten years, but if we start now, we've got to start somewhere. We've got to start somewhere. You just got to take steps forward. As long as we're progressing and making steps forward, then... Let's do it. I think, you know, what's interesting to me about doing this podcast and then having our coffee group with our neurodivergent moms and then you putting together the bigger neurodivergent mom um, meetings is that it's like we're all in our own silos and we're all struggling kind of silently and we're not talking to each other because A, we're too busy trying to maneuver through this world and try to help our kids be we are um not embarrassed but sometimes you feel like you're in the struggle alone and you think like oh this is my struggle and probably everyone's not struggling as much as me so you don't really want to share it with anyone um and then you also think that there's no other way to do it but just slogging through and i think if we can create those communities and we can listen to each other's stories and we can see that everyone is kind of in the same boat or someone's in a worse boat or someone's having a harder time is that we can try to figure out a way to help each other and make change and come together. Because when I'm in those groups, I feel like some of these kids are like the forgotten children. Oh yeah. They're the voiceless. They're the voiceless. They're forgotten. And these children and these groups are in have mothers and I'm sorry, it is, it is mothers, majority of mothers, that are willing to do anything, put their career aside, spend money they don't have, um, dedicate most of their time and resources to ensuring that this child's base, some of it is just basic needs get met in terms of education and healthcare. Yeah. And so there's, a, then there's a whole nother slew of kids that aren't even getting that. So I always think to me, there's just a group, there's, there's a, there's a huge group of us that have these kids that are voiceless. And I feel like some of them are just like the throwaway kids or the forgotten children. Mm -hmm. And I think if we can just bring this to light and make people understand in the general public or that aren't going through this, how hard it is, then maybe 
we can get a movement or affect some type of change, you know? I think we can. Because you're going to have, every, that's also beauty of community, is that you have everyone's gifts coming that's together, right. you know? And so you're going to have those people who know who to contact, whatever. And then you're going to have the person who can write that amazing email and letter. And then you're going to have the people like me who can just go, okay, I'll sign it. You That's know, right. but then we had the group of numbers and the power of numbers and we're stronger together, you know? Right. So it's like, it's the only way that you can really, you don't see armies of one, you see armies of thousands. That's you know? right. And so it's like, we have to, we have create to community create community so that we can create these armies to make these change and to help our own mental health and well-being, you know? So that right. We and can, then, yeah, so we can keep going. So we're not constantly in mental breakdown and we're not isolated. So it is really, really important. But I also think we have to make the case for why everyone, and, it, and it's sad, but it's reality, and I tell my kids this, is that the majority of the people in this world are out for themselves, mm-hmm. and the majority of things are driven by profit and money. Like, that's just, we live in this society, we're in a capitalist society, and there's good and bad. Um, but yeah. we have to make people understand why it is beneficial for them even if they do not have a child like this or they don't even have children or their children are already raised and grown why this is important to address and why it's going to help everyone and you know we just have to start stating a case and there is a lot of reasons why there's a lot yeah we have to almost the neurodivergence is the minority in this so we have to convince the majority that's right it's beneficial for them as well right um, so jackson goes to an all-inclusive school and i really try to make all of the school meetings and stuff i don't make them all but i try to make right make them right. like the community even if it's just like event fundraising but mainly the ones i really try to go to are the ones that change the course of the school right because i feel like i'm the one who has to go well what about the kids with the ieps and what about the kids with the sensory needs and what about you know because their average person is really trying to focus on their kid getting, you know, being able to read all the Harry Potters by first grade or whatever. And then I'm the one who has to bring it them down and the, and the special needs kids up, up. you know, yeah. but I have to be that voice for everyone. That's so that right. People, and then people will come to me and going, Oh my goodness. Like I didn't even think about this. This event we just put on was not friendly for you guys at all. And I was like, no, it wasn't. And I wasn't part of the planning. So therefore it wasn't, you know, getting them to start thinking of the needs of, these other kids too. And then slowly, like you said, we'll get them involved in realizing like, hey, and I always say tell these parents too, like if your child can learn to love my Jackson, they're going to make it in this world because they're going to learn how to deal with the Karens in the world and they're going to learn how to deal with bosses that they don't like and they're going to learn how to deal with the uncomfortable. And you know, like they're going to learn very great life lessons about how to be compassionate and empathetic and deal with people. That's dealing right. with my child, which is going to help your child tremendously. Like, yeah. You know, oh, it's so crazy. It is crazy. It is. All right. Well, we just got to keep doing our part, which is this podcast to bring awareness, not having a nervous breakdown. That's right. <laughs> That's no, but I'm being serious. Like our mental health and I hate the word self-care. You know how I am. I'm like a tough ass, but it's not. I'm going to use another word. We have to stay mentally strong and mentally buoyant and present because we need to be the ones that keep this going. And yeah. and we have to do that. And we owe that to ourselves and we owe that to the children that we have. 
and it's really important and it's really important and I think you've done an amazing job by creating these communities within our communities because I know it's changed the lives of those women tremendously it sounds so it's so it's, tell them you know tell them what you did because I think everyone should do well, this should if I they tell have them the, the opportunity. <laughs> you, no, but you can tell them the selfish reason why you started it. and then. But I think everyone who has the ability to do this, if they don't already have it, should do this and why well, it helps them. What's crazy is everyone thinks it's a lot of work and it's not. That's what's interesting so, to me. Okay, tell them so what it is you did. So basically, a month into school, yeah, I realized like, huh, there's these friends I have. You. Yep. Tall. You know, Sandy yeah. and Margaret, you've heard their story. You haven't heard Talls. We're trying to get Tall on. Anyways, we'll get you Tall. Maybe. Yeah, we will. We're coming for you. Coming, maybe a couple of years, but we'll get it. <laughs> um, I was like, I haven't, I haven't like gotten together with these people in a long time. And I learned going through foster care that like, okay, I'm going to take it back one more step. During foster care, I felt very alone. Like, no one was in the same boat. I was mom, but I wasn't mom, but I was mom, but the court didn't see me as mom, and then these people, you know, like, it was just a weird space to be in. Right. And these kids aren't yours, but they're yours, and, like, it's just a weird space to be in, and I felt alone, and Chris was like, well, just get some of the moms together and make friends with them so you have people that are going with you, and I was like, you're brilliant. So, I reached out to the moms that I knew, and we started having a play date, and I invited everyone and I figured the people that I liked, I would start hanging out with and the people I didn't, I wouldn't. And then the people that stayed, stayed and we became a solid group of six. And then that six has kind of dwarfed down to three. And now I have two other people who are like my live and die friends, right? Yep. So then the same thing was happening with the neurodivergent world and the girls. And I was like, oh, well, I have these moms I know from Frostig that I actually like, but don't know. Yeah. So I just text all of you guys and said, hey, let's get coffee. Yeah. And I wasn't expecting anything except getting coffee. And then I figured the people who wanted to get together more often would. And it was astounding to me because I, we got, we met that first Wednesday. Or yeah. Fr- and I was like, and five or like, I think there are five of us. I think our, our everyone that was in our group now was there. Showed up. And That's then like right. one or two others, I think, showed That's up. That's right. Yeah. And I said, I was like, you know, I, w- I was like, we should do this often. I was like, how often do people want to do it? And then people were like, every week. And I was like, well, that's what I wanted, but I didn't know what people needed. And what reality was, is we all really needed each other. Yeah. And we all needed people to understand it emotionally and resource-wise, you know? And we needed people to be able to bounce ideas off of that we didn't have to start from the beginning of like, okay, well, he has FASD and da 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 Like, you know? Yeah. I can go, hey, this is what happened in the IEP, da 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 And people, you don't need to... And as we gotten to know each other, it's like you've gotten to know my kids so much better, even though you don't hang out with them. And I've gotten to know your kids and then we're thinking of each other and whatnot. And so we've gotten together almost every single Wednesday since September. And we've just learned to love each other and grow with each other and support each other and be with each other. And it's been amazing. Um, so then what happened from there is that people started hearing about it and wanted to join. This is where the selfish part comes in. But I was like, but I like my group. And in reality, you can't really support, like really support and be there for people more than six or eight people in your life. Like after that, like there people, you just That's can't. A, not even that. Yeah, I you know? agree. Like right. a small group that works, that functions, yeah. that truly supports each other. Yep. is like six. That's right. You know? Yeah. But people started wanting to join and our dynamic 
We have such a good dynamic. We have a really great dynamic. We have people who are like completely empathetic that are like, let's just take a calm breath. (laughs) You know? I love her. She's always like, I'm like, are you so calm, Margaret? (laughs) And yet people who are like tall, who are like, oh no, 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 no. Like she's really amazing and like calm. But then when she talks, like she has something to say. Yeah. And she's like, no, like, did it, you know, yeah, she is like feisty grid boundaries. Like yeah, it's like amazing. Like, it so is we, amazing. We have a really good group of people that are really support each other and yep. there's no judgment, no and judgment. Like, and this is weird. Like I've never so been weird. with a group that's like unconditionally love. Like that's how I feel from you guys. Like I know it's, it's so just unconditional love. There's a safe space. I can go there going. Yeah. I don't want to be a parent and no one's going, oh my goodness. Like, why do you say that? You know, like right. everyone's like, I get you. Yeah. That's where you are. What can I do to help? Yeah. You know, like there's never like a judgment of like, you're doing that wrong or you're doing that, you know, like everyone's no. like, let's just talk and figure it out together and be, and you do you and I be me, but we're going to support each other. And I like, guess I've never had a group. And by like the that. way, we, it's, it's not it, like we crack up. I mean, I think like uh, you weren't there last Wednesday, but I mean, we were talking about the most serious stuff and we were just cracking up. And that's the best part about it is that there's, the, it's not, oh, there's the levity around it. And honestly, I know this sounds terrible, but we can say, you know, we can say whatever is on our mind or whatever's going on with our child. But I mean, we actually are like, oh my God, this is so absurd. And we're like laughing about it. And honestly, it's, there's no other space I could do that because people would say, this what? is serious. Why are you, you know, or this is in poor taste or, to, but honestly, it's sometimes the only thing you can do is laugh or oh, cry. Yeah. So we laugh a lot. We laugh a lot. And we and cry, we cry a lot. Yeah. But it's, it's like a good balance. But it's a great balance. Oh, yeah. I, that's what I feel like I bring to the table. So I'm like, I don't know what I bring to the table. except like humor. Like we like, but everyone we, is funny in that group. Oh, it kind of, they are. Actually. Everyone has their own sense of humor. Like, Everyone has their own, like Margaret's hysterical, tall can be hysterical, Sandy can be hysterical, you're obviously hysterical. I, you you're know what I mean? Too. I know. So it's like, it cra- it's like the group of women, it's like, it's, it's, we just hit the jackpot. We did. It's crazy to but me. But what happened is we just, one text. One text. Hey, let's just get together. Yeah. The people who needed it and wanted it yeah. got together. I was shocked that everyone wanted to do it every week. Like I wanted to do it every week, but I didn't want to like put that burden on people because it's a commitment, you know, it but is at a the commitment. same time, it's like therapy. I, it's better for me to go to Wednesday morning. No, it, is, it is, you know, it's a free therapy session. It literally is. And I, I'm not, I'm like a commitment phobe. I'm like an anti-group person. I've always been that way. I don't like to be like, yeah, because you don't go to the big group at all. No, I don't go to the big group. I need, I, I want to go a few times, but, but for this, I make the time. Like I move everything around so that I can try to always be there. I'm not always there. It always can't work. But when I'm trying to schedule things, I just always make the time for that group because honestly, that is like the best therapy. I've only missed one. I've like that's how out of all the therapy I've ever had. I've and only, that's a lot of therapy. Yeah, yeah. I've only missed one because I make sure. No, I can't do Wednesday. You know, because yep. you're right. Like no, I do. I try to arrange everything, everything around, around it. it. It's. And I almost rearranged the IEP, but then I was like, I was, know it was already our second date. So I knew that like, it would yeah. be hard. And I was like, Ugh. I know there's certain things you can't, but I try to just not schedule anything on that day. So then um, what happened was people wanted to join, but I was like, no, I don't want to mess up my dynamic and I don't want to 
right have it bigger than six like no you know yeah. like it doesn't need to like i wouldn't it wouldn't be the same because we wouldn't be able to support each other the same way no but so then i created the grown i call it um what is it called again the meaning oh grown-ups and neurodivergent kids right um because we do have some dads that come um and we meet every other friday and it's open to everyone everyone um doesn't have to be like our kids schools like obviously that's where we draw from because that's who we know from but right. like it's open so, to everyone yeah i've gotten like i've i've reached out to some old people that i knew that have neurodivergent kids that and are not how many school. people come because i don't always go what's the on average is probably like 12 yeah 12 to 15 that's a good like, number you know and and people we start around after drop off around 8 30 and it's slowly people trickle in by nine there's there and then some people leave by 10 you know, like some people had to leave early because of work right, or whatnot. And right. Some people stay till like 1030. Usually it's done by 11 because, you know, we do have stuff to do. Right. But it's, and it's, some people come every week. Some people come like once a month, you know. It was really funny because I invite some, I invited somebody, but I didn't know she was coming and I've never met her before because I invited her through like the husband. Right. And she showed up and no one knew who she was. <laughs> <laughs> and like no one knew like how she was invited. And I was like, I don't know. I thought I had someone else would invite her. And then after the meeting, the husband called. It was like, oh, my wife came. And I was like, that was your wife? I was the one who invited her. Like, it was just like funny. That's funny. But it, but people there too have been like, this has been a life sent. Like, you know, and we don't yep. always, like last meeting, we, like, I emotionally was like, oh, I'm done. But then we started talking about resources and whatnot. And people are exchanging numbers of Medi-Cal numbers. And like, yeah, like, all, you know, like it was a place for people to just get knowledge as well. And then there's this one mom who's like amazing at like all of the like note taking and stuff. So oh. she just like takes notes and then she just like she's going to start emailing it out to oh, the people. I so that, that if people don't know. Yeah. She's not, so this Medi-Cal number is going to be is amazing. Like it, it cuts you through the BS of crap. But yeah. it's like, great, that's a number you need to save. That's a number you need, you know? So it's like, and at the same time, we're emotionally supporting, supporting each, other. each other as well, you know? And I'm hoping and praying that this group gets bigger, but also that people find each other in this group and, and they create can, this smaller one. And ones. create smaller groups. You know, yeah. because that's... And create their own connections. Let's that, support. You need both, you know? You do. You need the smaller group and the and bigger group. And this group, like, I'm, where me and this other mom, Maggie, are thinking about doing, like, a one-day mom retreat kind of thing of like this for all of us to come together and we'll have That's maybe like idea. one talk of like a speaker or whatever but also like hire massage therapists to come yeah. so that they can be booked for the day and maybe and they'll get a discount and like you know people can get a massage and then we can have some like food and we can have this some fun yeah. games and like just time for us to like rejuvenate and be with each other and cry if we need to cry and laugh when we want to laugh and like you know I like, love that and just one day like 24 hours you can do when you do a weekend, it's hard. But like no, one day, hours, we can 24 do. hours you can do. It's really can hard, do, you but know? 24 hours. But these groups are amazing. And I think everyone needs to have these in the community. And it's so simple. But it was when an email. When it you're was, in, it is, it was like literally a text. It was I, I got text. a text. And I don't even know why the hell I showed up because I never show up for stuff like that. But I did. And then once I was hooked, you showed I was up like, because I started it. Ma yeah, that's why. Me. That's why. <laughs> you supported me. And then I you're like, oh, you, you got this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. But I think that um, the small group and the big group, they serve different purposes, but they're both equally important. But I think everyone should have that in their community. And if they don't and they're shy, just start it, put it in a public place, meet at a coffee shop and just see who shows up. And you don't know what's going to come out of it. And, and the people that want to be there stay 
And then yeah. the people that don't just kind of trickle off. And it is what it is. And we're letting it happen organically. Like yep. we're figuring out what people need. Like we're no probably going to reach topic. out to Miss Wo- like Mr. Woodsmall and be like, hey. Yeah. Can you, you know, come and, can you speak, just to come these and speak to these people one time yep. to see if we can get some knowledge and you know, like just random things of what people need, but it's yep. not, honestly, it's not a lot of work for me. And there's other people too that are better at the admin that are kind of taking it over. Exactly. So all I did was create a text message, open my house for that first meeting. And then now I'm finding a place for the night. You know, like it's not, and it's it doesn't amazing. need to be difficult. Difficult. It doesn't need to be well thought out. It doesn't need to be structured. It doesn't need to have an agenda. It doesn't need to be, you know, and, but I think that's the best way to do it. And also there's no judgment about when you show up and when you leave and, you know, well, because everyone has different schedules, but I think it's really important for every, for, you know, parents like us to have those places to go. I think it's really important. Yeah. I and really, really do. Well, and like, let's talk about the big change. Like, so the small group is what we need from our, our mental therapy, health. Yeah. Right. Our yep. mental health, our therapy. The big group is a place for us to get all the resources, be bigger, yep. not alone, be stronger in numbers. Yep. As that grows, we'll be able to go to the Pasadena Unified School District That's and say, right. hey, this is the change we need. And these are all the numbers. And we already, you know, like we'll be able to make bigger change. That's right. As well as in this big group, go find your little tribe for yourself, you know, mm-hmm. find, I invited a mom from the, um, from another school and she's like already making friends with some other moms because they have kids that are more in the same grades and they're driving together and I'm like they would have never met right but now it's like they're becoming friends and they're creating their own little small and then Margaret meeting. met the other parents that their kids have um suffer from seizure disorders and they went on a uh like they did a uh a fundraising walk I mean they didn't set it up but they all went together and did a walk for um like seizure awareness which was yeah. amazing you it's know yeah. The connections it's, are it's, amazing. It's it's needed. So all I gotta do, text all your neurodivergent friends, me for coffee, and me for coffee. And that's it. And that's it. It's very simple. Yeah. And if your school doesn't provide it, you don't need to worry about it. Just go outside of the school. Oh yeah, this is not even affiliated. It's not affiliated. It's kind of nicer that it's not affiliated. And it's better. It's not affiliated. We definitely make sure that it's not going to be like a bashing session. No, because it's not not negative. That's not. Yeah, that's not not beneficial. You know, it's not. But it is a place for us to go. Hey, this is the issue we had. How did you handle it? Right. But right. Yeah, it doesn't need to be school oriented at all. You have reach out to your other moms in your yeah in your in your kids' school, right? And go, hey, let's just get coffee. That's That's right. And then see where it goes. Because the need is out there. Like I, uh, like, I know I've already said it three times, but I was shocked that, like, I was like, so how often do people want to meet? And I was like, I want to do this again. And I think Sandy and you were like, every week, next Wednesday. And I'm like, okay. Like, I was, like, excited because the need is there. And you you're going to find people who need it just as much as you. And then y'all are going to jive and gel and learn to love each other with differences. And it's really powerful. Supported. And you need to do it every week because the way our lives are set up, literally the way our children are, like, um, like a lifetime could happen in a week. <laughs> like literally, oh sometimes. My if <laughs> if I haven't happen, seen you I'm guys, like, uh, if I miss like two weeks, which I think I missed two weeks in a row, I was like literally a thou. I couldn't even tell you guys what was going on with me. Like a thousand things happened between me not seeing oh, yeah. you and then me seeing you. Well, and especially so, with three kids falling in the pit. Like it was like, oh yeah, last week was Jackson's pit. Like no, no, the yeah, this out, week is but this, this pit. one's this. Like it's this, it changes. A lot. It changes a lot. I know. So it's really important to do that. And I have to tell you, and I'm, I don't want to do school bashing, but um, 
my the school that my kids were at, they wouldn't let me do this. And they blocked me and they stopped me from trying to do it. It's not a school that any of them are at now. And even when I said, oh, I won't make it affiliated with the school, I'll just do it on my house. And they said, we prefer you wouldn't do it. And I should have just done it. I didn't have the foresight to just do it and not involve them at all. But the reason why, and this is so insidious, is that they didn't want us all to talk to each other about the resources and who was getting what and how the school is helping one child but not the other child. And, oh, maybe my child needs more. It was like they were worried that if we grouped together and became a group, then we could have more power. Which and it's so what? sad to me. Yeah. It's so sad. That they were scared. That they really, they really, it's not even like, it's not like they threatened me, but they were like, you can't do this. That's like, weird. It was really weird. So what I'm saying is like, you know, don't ask for permission from your school. Don't ask for permission from anyone. Yeah. You know, you can just do it completely outside of the box um, because yeah. there is that. Which I mean, the people that you you talk to in the therapy waiting room while you're exactly. waiting for your kid to get out of like, ther- you know, OT, like OT. If you're driving with them. Yeah. Invite them to coffee. And then. You, you never know, know. You never know. You never I know. I like it that it's not affiliated with any one school. I think because it's Because it really actually good. helps us figure out like, way. oh, okay, yeah. that school's doing it this way. Maybe we can ask our school to do it that way. You exactly. know, like it gives you more resource and whatnot. Yeah. Um, one school, so we're with two schools, right? And so one school, they were amazing. They put it in the the newsletter so that people could come. Like they realized support is needed, you know? Yep. Yeah. And so that was great. And the other one kind of was like, never really responded to my email and whatnot and was like okay whatever so i was like okay that's fine like i put it out there i'm and then i've gone to certain parents that i know or whatever say hey which is what we're doing you know interesting yeah that's great um but i think we just need to keep doing that little little changes little changes michelle obama said tend to your knitting the knitting is making those little changes in your community every day that'll bring around big changes and i think this is a good example of that and i hope that we can set a an example for everyone like doing these small things can lead to big changes and i think we can't discount that i really don't think we can yeah no it'd be cool if this podcast started like oh i need to set something up and they can go to like our website or something and like yeah like be able to connect with each other some more but down the line we got to stay going all right okay thank you we're gonna keep fighting the fight one step at a time one step at a time Thank you for listening. We truly appreciate it. Please subscribe to Finding Neurodivergence through Anchor, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.